Welcome to the Improperly Forward production of the Everything's Not Fine podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Bednick. And I'm Nicole Gonzalez. We live in a world where our lives are on display all of the time. There's a lot of pressure to keep up appearances and sugarcoat the crap. We're putting our foot down and saying we don't have to do that anymore. Everything is not fine, and that's absolutely okay. Hey guys, it's Kel. Just doing my little check-in before we officially get the show started. Um, Welcome to another episode of Everything's Not Fine. I wanted to just chat a little bit before we get started about um, what this, well, first of all, this episode is two hours long-ish. And um, if you're like me, when you sit down to choose a podcast or load an episode, you look to see how long it is, like, do I have time for this? Or which episode am I going to choose based on the time that I have, I guess. And one thing that I do, I don't listen to, I rarely have the opportunity to listen to a whole podcast, like in its entirety, even if it's a half an hour long, um, because I generally listen while I'm driving or folding laundry or doing something and it gets interrupted a million times, especially right now with my whole family in my space all the time. Um, so I, hopefully we structure episodes in a way that they have good stopping points that you can pause and come back later. Um, but I just wanted to tell you, like, this is two hours long. I'm well aware that two hours is crazy and nobody has time to sit down for two hours and listen to an episode. Um, but here's what happened. Nicole and I recorded We finished recording. I went downstairs to my husband, immediately said, I hate this episode. I I don't know if I even want to air it. I just don't feel good about it. Something's up. And will you listen to it? Um, He listened to it and he comes back and he's like, what are you talking about? This is amazing. This is one of my favorites ever. And, And he's pretty, I'll just tell you, he's pretty critical about like what he likes, what he doesn't like. He's a podcast addict. And so um, he has a lot of input and a lot of information that he likes to give. And it's not always all positive. So um, it really made me question like, what, why do I hate this episode so much? Or why am I feeling so, it's not that I hate it. I just feel so um, unsure about it. And for that reason, I I think it it just made me doubt, like, is this even something that we should be putting out there? And I'm unsure about it because Nicole and I spend a lot of time catching up and just talking about life. And I wonder how much of that do you guys really want to hear? Um, but our feedback tells us that you love it and that you it, it helps you feel like you're actually getting to spend time with friends right now when <laughs> none of us really get to spend time with friends. So we're going to keep doing it, but sometimes it just feels weird of like, okay, how much is too much? And then the other thing is, is that it's another one of those that's just really stinking vulnerable. Um, This episode is is our um, autism acceptance episode because um, April is Autism Awareness Month and we wanted to honor that and, and tribute that because autism is such a big part of my life. And we want to celebrate, you know, what, what that means in our life and in our world. And so we wanted to put it out there 
And that feels vulnerable to me because I don't know. I'm, it's just weird. I'm just talking about all the things that I suck at. Not really. That's not true. I'm going to edit that out because it's not the things that I suck at. It's just the things that are hard and the things that I've struggled through. And anyway, that just feels, it feels self-indulgent to just constantly talk about myself. But that's what we created this podcast for, was to talk about our lives and the way that life happens and everything isn't fine. And so that's the whole purpose. So anyway, I now I'm just talking in circles. But I wanted to say to you guys, this is a struggle. This one's a struggle. And I don't, hopefully it speaks to you and it's at least opens your eyes to something that you may not have a lot of um, experience with, or it makes you feel seen and heard and you realize you're not alone in this journey of autism or special needs or just freaking parenting. So um, anyway, let's just dive in here. And um, when we start, Nicole and I are just in the middle of catching up on our weeks, just like we do every week. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me be (laughs) self-indulgent. I love you. I'm glad you're a part of this world. I know. Let's do this. Do it. Um, we are at level 7,000 on the attitude with being remotely inconvenienced or basically just asked to do anything. Both of my kids are at a level that is harmful to their health. That's what's happening here. My Mondays suck at my health. I know. They. Yeah. I don't know why. They, they just, no one wants to do anything. Yeah. Well, that's every day. That's every day at my house. What was I going to say? Oh, yesterday I was not happy. I woke up. The puppy got up at like seven. Oh, we had our, didn't we talk yesterday? We had talked yesterday. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You and I did. Yeah, that's right. So after we hung up, the puppies or the dogs were playing out back. Everything was going great. They're like playing and having the time of their lives. They love each other. Well, apparently Tink had buried a bone, which I didn't even know dogs actually did in real life, but Ellie saw him do it. And so she goes over and starts trying to dig up his bone and he was not happy. So he went and snipped it. I mean, not like he wasn't bad. I mean, he didn't attack her, but he was letting her know that is my bone. He's the boss. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so big and she's so little and they're both so clumsy and dopey. So he goes over to like chase her away. Well, she turns around and smacks her little head on the porch and like gives herself a big knot right on her eyeball. Oh. So anyway, and she's and she's screaming the most blood curdling dog scream I've ever heard in my life. I thought that's kind of a sad sound. The crying puppy. Yeah, it, I've never heard anything like this in my life. It terrified me. I thought I was going to turn around and she was going to be covered in blood. Like it sounded. Oh. And, and I was the only one awake. So I'm running through the house screaming for Jim to get up because I don't handle, I don't handle blood well. I don't handle like people being injured well. My kids, 
injuries. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't cope. <laughs> so I'm always like, job, yeah. handle it. So anyway, he was sleeping. He comes running. He comes running downstairs in his underwear, like totally dazed and confused. <laughs> <laughs> Who's dead? Who's dead? <laughs> anyway, so her little eye, it had like a little bit of blood in the corner of it. Like she whacked it. Oh. And um, anyway, my whole point is that was the start of my day, kind of. I forgot to eat until 3.30 in the afternoon. We were like, we got new sofas for the kids bonus room so we went and picked those up like everything yeah was a sh- how do you forget to eat till 3 30 oh, i always forget to eat <laughs> when all how like literally i'm literally in front in my kitchen <laughs> all day how do you forget some to eat? days like if there's not a lot going on that's me but if like that happened and then the kids were being dicks and then I had to do this couch thing. Like there were so many things going on. Yeah. So I just kept forgetting to eat anything. Well, we're driving to pick up the couch. It's three 30 and Jim and I had been fighting. Like I got in the car and left, which I don't know that I've ever done in our marriage. Like I was like, I'm leaving. Yeah. And he's like, where are you going? I was like, anywhere but here. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so um, the kids were scared. They're like, oh, God, mom's lost it. Uh, and then, but anyway, so I come back and get Jim and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm crazy. And then we're driving to do whatever we had to do to pick up the couches. And I realized I hadn't eaten. And he- um, you were, you were hangry. I was angry. He's like, woman, I'm going to kill you. So when we were first married, I would always, not when I was pregnant, but later, I would always forget to eat. And he he would be like, you are selfish. That is a selfish thing to do, to not eat because it, like. You treat us all like shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was, that was like the. The whole week was ramping up to that, but that was like the pinnacle. And then today I woke up and I'm like happy and it's such a wonderful day. <laughs> so uh, anyway, how was your week? Um, It was good. You guys had lots of sunshine. We worked in the yard a lot. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, Friday and Saturday planted my vegetable garden and my pots and we weeded and... Is that your happy place? Just- like that... That's like happiness or Um, it's just productive. Well, okay. So it's kind of my happy place because I really do enjoy it. But I made my kids get out and help me because there's really no reason why they shouldn't. And then it, and then it was just torture because I was fighting with them. Yeah. The the entire time about it. And it just, you know, but I was so frustrated with them. I'm like, you guys. You, we literally ask you to do nothing. Yeah. And then every time we like, okay, let's go. We're all outside. Grab your gloves. Come on. Like one hour of weeding. Yeah. Like, we have a huge yard. We have a lot of, they have a lot of weeding that they have to do, but it's just one hour. Like I'm just asking for one hour of manual labor. And yeah. then the rest of the six days of your life, you can sit on your ass and be on your phone. Like, come on. Yeah. And they just were like, ugh, like rolling their eyes. And I'm like, you have no... Growing up, like, we were raised by the yard Nazi. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. We were outside every day. Like, my mom had us and my dad, like, 
especially my mom. Cause like she was the yard Nazi. Like that's what we called her. <laughs> I mean, every day we had an outside chore. You like, know what, Nicole? I don't think she cared anything about the yard. I think it was just an excuse to get you outside. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, she did care because yeah, I mean, even did. now, even now she loves it. Yeah. You guys all like, I, like Mother's Day. That's all she ever wanted for Mother's Day was yes. all of us to go outside and work in the yard with her all day. <laughs> so we did it because it was her day and we yes. all needed it. Oh. But, and I'm just asking my kids for like, come on. Yeah. One day for one hour. And I, I looked at Quaid and I was like, you are acting like a spoiled little brat. <laughs> and he like gets all like teary eyed, like tears in his eyes. And I'm like, really? You're going to cry over that? Like, I was like, buck up, buck up and pull these weeds. God. And then my sister-in-law later on that day, she comes over and I'm like, did you hear me yelling? She's like, no. And I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> I thought someone was going to call CPS on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our, Kids in the case just don't know manual labor like no, we did. Like, no. Well, and so both of my kids, well, Ellie has a good work ethic. Like she, you give her something to do, she will work hard if she wants to. Yeah. If she doesn't, then like, I know she's capable at least. So it, it, that makes me feel better. Like when she needs to be a good worker, she is my son. I'm not sure. I, Oh, it's just, there's so much Jim and I just look at each other and I'm like, I don't even know how to begin. We there's like, we've tried every approach. There's, there's nothing. So oh. Right now, well, this he is, is what Quaid always says. He goes, what? Mom, he says, I, I said, what are you going to do when you have your own house, Quaid? What are you going to do? You're going to call me and your dad to come over and take care of it for you? <laughs> Mom, he goes, haven't you ever heard of the, the saying, work smarter, not harder? Oh, he goes, he goes, I'm always going to figure out how to get it done, Mom. It'll get done. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to hire your brother. That's what's going to happen. He's going to hire Eddie to come do his yard work for him. He's too smart for his own good. I love it. He's like, work smarter, mom, not harder. Oh, my God. Child. Oh, yeah. He's entering the fun stage of. And then, yeah. And he's totally like, so the other day we were sitting out too. And I look over at him and I'm like, do you have a mustache? And he's like, he goes, I don't know. Do I? I said, uh-huh. come here. Let me take a picture. So I like got my phone really close and like took a picture. And he's like, mom, it just looks dirty. I'm like, exactly. You yeah. have that dirty, oh, that dirty junior yes. high. <laughs> We're like, watch yep. your face. <laughs> Jordan's is just starting. Like my dad isn't a hairy person. So I don't, maybe Jordan takes after him because like uh-huh. hair is not, he's 14. He doesn't even have like one armpit hair yet. So, um, and yeah. Oh well, my, my gosh. son has that poor Hispanic blood. So yeah, I'm sitting. He's, he by might the... be hairy, but you know what? My husband's family is not hairy. They are not hairy people. Huh. My family is. Yes. We are more. We are more hairy than Larry's family. So he might get it from us. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some. There's some little Hispanic boys that like they got a shape. Yes. Like, fifth grade. <laughs> Okay, 
I am sitting by my window doing this. Finally, I'm sitting in a chair. I finally worked out a chair situation, so I'm not, like, limping for two days after we record. Um, yeah. But I can see out my bedroom window, which there's, like, a running path. And there is a couple running by. This guy's, like, a string bean. But he's only wearing, like, tiny little running shorts and <gasps> shoes. And that's it. No shirt? No, nothing. Yes. No, it's not even socks. No, there was nothing to see there. It was like watching a pole run down the sidewalk <laughs> naked. And his wife or girlfriend or what? Yeah, is she, she, she's clothed? She, yeah. Oh, yeah. She just had on regular running clothes. Yeah. He was going maybe for he's a like. Hot, maybe he's a hot runner. Maybe so. But like barely more than a Speedo is what I'm saying. That's what he was wearing. <laughs> He's like me. When I work out, I don't want any constrictions, no distractions. Yeah. Well, like maybe. the tighter, the tighter and the least amount of clothes, yes. the better. Yeah. Well, that makes I'm, sense. But I, I don't like distractions. <laughs> I need him to know like hundreds of people can see him. He's not in his Maybe he gym. likes it. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> He's like, check me out. I could barely even listen to what you were saying because I'm watching him run up the road <laughs> from like far away. And I'm like, is that? Is that really what I'm seeing right now? <laughs> and then he got closer. I was like, yep. <laughs> Good for him. Oh, live your life, buddy. At least you're out yep. running. It's more than I can say. My husband works out in a hoodie sweatshirt with his hood on the entire oh, that's workout. Jim. That's Jim. Oh, my God. I would be flipping my shit the whole time. I would rip it off and throw yes. it across the room. I can't do that. <laughs> I don't know why. I think Jim feels like, you know, if he's sweating more, he's getting more done. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Larry's drenched. Head to toe drenched. Um, also, this just in, Jordan is now over 6'4". So he's 14 and like this lumbering, clumsy giant. How he, tall is Jim? 6'2". Jim and Ellie are 6'2". Oh. I think I think my dad is like who's six, Jim's six. tallest? Oh, your dad is okay. Yeah, and Jim's tallest brother is six ten or six eleven. I think. Goodness, I know. So yeah, and Jordan's barely barely going through puberty. Yeah, so just starting. He's like not he's done. a no, he's a late bloomer. So, but there's some mornings yeah. where he gets out of bed and comes and gives me a hug, and I'm like, "Well, you grew." Like, holy crap. <laughs> That was yesterday morning. He he gave me a hug, and both of us at the same time were like, oh, "Whoa!" It just he just <laughs> felt bigger. So yeah, it's crazy. These at this time of life, it's so full of like really cool stuff, and it's so full of horrible things. I teenagers are the worst, but also the best. Mine. I know. I feel like my sons are going to give me a run for my money. Yeah, you really are looking out with Olivia. I mean, because Liv know it's is not at times, but she's just quite a little, difficult. a little. Yeah, like she's she's not breaking me in at all. Well, she's just giving you a reprieve because you're going to be in for it with those boys. Yep. Maybe, yep. or they'll just be angels, but no, they won't because we no. already see no, they their personality. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. <laughs> And, and that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. At least you have like your memories with your brothers. Like. Nothing you... surprises me. Yeah, exactly. 
I, and I'm I'm learning to laugh. Yes. <laughs> laugh it off because mm-hmm. if you get if you get sucked in and you Yeah. You know. And there's nothing so horrible in the yeah. realm of typical teenage stuff, there's nothing so horrible that it's not gonna pass or you're not gonna find a way through yeah. it. Like you're yeah. just better off laughing your way through it because otherwise yeah. it's like Or I send a die. quick text to my mom and she'll yes. be like, Nope. You're good. You're yep. good. That's all yep. right. Been normal. through it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. <That's> okay. <laughs> I can do this. Thank goodness. Thank goodness you have your mom and she has so much experience. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a gift. And she'll always be like, oh, yeah. Riley did that. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. Okay. One of my siblings always did. It's, we've all done it. Something. Yes. Yes. So she's been through it all. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> There's you each had your own way of putting your parents through the ringer. That's for sure. Well, with seven. Well, I, I mean, mean, how could you of, not? How, yeah. Got all the bases covered. <laughs> well, and every kid is so different. So, so different. Yeah. Um, so anything new on the, uh, the Rona front? Is there anything? How are you guys So I, I heard, is it confirmed that we are still shelter in place until the 18th now? Oh, was that today? I haven't watched the news at all today. Okay. Me neither. But someone mentioned it yesterday and I was like, wait, what? I didn't, I didn't know that. So maybe not. Maybe um, it was just I'm hearsay. Googling it right now. Okay. You know what? I'm at that point where I'm like, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we're kind of over I, the I feel like, in some ways. Yep. I feel like I got my routine now, down now. and Yeah. You know what? There are some things coming up, though, that, yes, in some ways. But there's also part of me that's like, okay, all right, I'm ready to see somebody. I just need to give somebody yes. a hug. Or, like, yeah. and... The other way that's coming out is I am like really ready to spend money. I, <laughs> I, I want to buy all of the things. So oh. you're not online shopping. I haven't done any yet, but I'm dying to. And not small I can't things. because holy crap, my whole budget is going towards food. That is so true. I oh did. Oh my God. Remember at the first of the month where I was like, oh, I went out and did my monthly shopping trip. Yeah, it's time again. I'm going to have to go again tomorrow or Wednesday because. I can't eat. I'm like every Monday, every Friday. I'm like, oh God, again. Oh, well, especially. And I don't like going. I don't like going to the store right now. So, so I got masks this week and uh-huh. wore my mask to the store. And that helped me so much mentally. Like, I don't yeah. know if it helps at all with anything. I mean, it has a filter. Uh-huh. It's not a hospital grade one, but it does. I do have a filter for it and everything. And mentally, I was far less anxious when I had to, where did I? Oh, I had to run into Petco for, and oh, and Costco for puppy stuff. Because puppy came, uh-huh. we got the puppy on yeah. Wednesday. So, um. I was like, I wasn't as anxious when I was in there. It didn't take me because usually when I go to the store, it takes me like the rest of the day for my anxiety to die down. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, it seems so silly, but that's how it is. So anyway, the masks, the, just me having the mask helped. 
at least mentally. I've realized that I don't like it. I don't, because I don't wear a mask, but I don't like going to the store and seeing everybody with their masks. Yeah. Because part of the, like, sometimes I see them and I'm like, wait, is that you? Oh, like yeah. I don't recognize people because yeah. all you see is their eyes. Well, and in your um, town, you recognize pretty much everyone. Yes. Yeah. And that was kind of like my, like friendly, you know, it's hard. And like you go to smile at somebody like, you know, and then yes. like, you kind of see the smile. Like I just, yeah, I don't know. And I know then people are been trying to be healthy and trying to stay safe. And, yeah. And our Walmart too, like you, cause that's kind of all I, where I can shop right now. And yes. they're only allowing a hundred people at a time. Well, that's so good. It is good. Yes. But you have to wait in line outside yeah. if they're at their. And have you had maximum. to wait out loud? Um, a couple times, a couple times, but not yeah. too long. Yeah. I try and go in the morning. Yeah. But we haven't. So I, our Walmart is. They just started doing the, like, you can only go one direction down each aisle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Which, that's one thing that really bothers me is if you have two people on an aisle, like, going opposite directions, when you pass each other, uh-huh. you're, like, two feet apart. So, they yeah. started, like, where it's, like, one-way aisles. So you have to weave back and forth yeah. one way. I'm surprised um, our Walmart didn't do that. Yeah, it's a good idea. But half the people don't follow it. Like... Yeah. I heard I've heard so many stories of people like yelling at each like people who <laughs> think this is all bullshit and yeah. you know whatever um not respecting that and so then the people who are respecting it getting really pissed when they're down the aisle like yelling at people yeah. so I'm team yelling at people like if I'm if come on just take 15 extra steps just be courteous. Even if you think it's bullshit, just be a good human being. Yeah. Ugh, don't get me well, started. Well, our town, so we just got our very first roundabout here uh-huh. in town. Oh, exciting. People can't even figure that shit out. So they're not <laughs> going to be able to figure out how to go down one lane at Walmart. Like, there's no way. It's we true. Got some, we got some real specials here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, my little neighborhood has three, three or four roundabouts. And you know how on Facebook you can have a group for like your little neighborhood or like next door or whatever they have those. But my neighborhood has a Facebook group for our whole development and people get so pissed off at the people who don't know the rules of the roundabout. Like there's people that post like diagrams of how to do it and yell at one another. (laughs) Well, we have, so we have like that little circle median in the middle. Yeah. My sister-in-law said that she saw somebody yesterday drive straight across the middle median. No, no. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, do you not like take, like maybe just slow down and watch others, how they're doing it. Like I get it that maybe, yeah. That's, I'm like, wow. Well, there's funny cartoons of like, or memes or videos or whatever, people going super fast and like jumping the median, the middle thing. <laughs> oh that's gonna happen here i know oh it. probably some drunk crazy person in the middle of the night on their way home from the what's that place what's the bar called the brunswick the brunswick yes <laughs> i don't the brunswick's not even open right now oh yeah probably not they're all drinking at home yeah <laughs> there's 
Yeah. There's so many. There's. I also this week for the first time, I've been like, I'm going to get fall down drunk, which I. (laughs) (laughs) Just for fun. Yeah. Well, I don't know what my intention was behind it. I didn't because I don't. um, I don't let myself drink when I'm really stressed. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I've never had a drinking problem, but my dad is an alcoholic. And so I've always just been really like weird about I'm not going to go there. Well, if you think about it, okay, so it could numb your feelings uh-huh. and numb the anxiety. And then tomorrow when the anxiety comes yes. back, you'll be like, oh, let's go there again. Because yes. that felt good to numb it. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And that's smart of you. The other thing is when I drink, I always the next day am like is if I have more than a couple of cocktails, if I get a little too tipsy, I, the next day, like my version of a hangover is being depressed and emotional and God knows I don't oh. need any help with that right now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just have the, just like, it's part of my pent up feeling of like, I'm just going to get day drunk. Like, let's just have <laughs> some fun. But <laughs> I just have a feeling it won't end well. I keep saying I'm going to do it, but I haven't yet. Except for right at the beginning, we did like game night and I had a couple of cocktails and that was fun. But I think the next day was like a really down day. How did you do that through Zoom? So one of the people has a few apps and like you all log in and then you share that to the screen. And so you all see like the one that we played is kind of a version of like Cards Against Humanity or something. It's wildly inappropriate Uh and awesome. Uh So, yeah, it just asks everybody a question and we play as couples and then you answer, you know, and then everybody votes on the winner or whatever. So, but it's, yeah. an, it's an app on your phone that you then share into the, into the Zoom thing. It's really cool. That would never work with my stupid Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> Yesterday we did a little Zoom party for Mallory's birthday. Yeah. And everyone kept on saying, Nicole, just go to the library. <laughs> like, shut up, you guys. <laughs> um, well, Michaela's the one who said it. So she yeah. I know she listens. Yeah. I don't think my brothers do. Oh God, no. I Maybe Hunters. Oh, Hunters. <laughs> I know. My brother, my my other brothers, they're kind of busy, you know, well, with, yeah. their essential, they, with their essentialness right yes, now. They're quite essential. Um, plus, there's literally nothing we talk about that they would want to hear. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Hunter, he he appreciates our humor. So, oh, I love that kid. He, we yeah. were just he. I'm responded to something on his Instagram the other day, and he replied back, um, something about when. Jim and I were getting married. He was only like four or five, but he went under my wedding dress. Like when I was trying it on, (laughs) he always remembers that it's the cutest thing. He always remembers that. I'm going to find one of those pictures and put it on our Instagram so people can see how cute he was. Uh, Oh God, he was so cute. (laughs) Oh, he's the best. Oh, there's someone at my front door. I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, people listening. I don't know who, uh, I don't think anybody in my family listens, which is wonderful. Like, that's great. Um, although uh, there are some suspicious, like, places, because on our, one of our um, 
the podcast host or whatever shows like where people listen from like cities and states uh-huh. that people log in and download the episode or the podcast from so I'm always like uh-huh. who do we know that lives there and there's where? some Tell me. suspicious activities or not activities but like oh I know people there I wonder if it's them yeah um let me see if I can find it on here well th- lots of Canadians like really yeah like Lots of Canadians. Australia. In Australia. So shout out to yeah. the Dundas. Um, and oh That's God, Olivia wants doing to shout outs so again. Bring him back tonight. <laughs> Let's do it. Bring him back the shout outs. Um, who else? Where else? Um, I think almost every state in the U.S. has a download now, at least a few, which is crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Uh, I really wish we could have like, okay, we got to figure out how to do like more like call-ins. I know. I want to talk to people. Yeah. Yes. I do too. Damn it. You guys start interacting with us. (laughs) I know my friend. So, so my friend the other day, she's like, she texts me every time after she listens and she's like, I'm sorry that I'm bugging you and I have to tell you. I'm like, no, I want to hear. Yes. Like Kelly and I aren't going through. I mean, we totally would go through all of yeah. this just for each other. Well, shit. No, we wouldn't. We'd pick up the phone and call. We wouldn't go through the whole drive to the library. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, I love to hear everybody's favorite parts and like what they loved and what you would love to hear like yes. more but about. Part or... of it, this is something that I've realized. Part of... For me, the weirdness is when I was writing, I would post something, you know, in the morning or whatever. I would post my blog for that day and I'd come back an hour later and I could see, I mean, it takes five minutes to read a blog. So you can, you can immediately get on and watch and, or read it and, you know, do whatever. I'd come back an hour later and have hundreds of like, people who have watched or whatever and interaction and comments and stuff. This, we post something and it takes like five days for people to like, you know, have the time to log. To have the time to listen. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is great. I'm just grateful anybody's listening, but like, it's not as live. You know what I mean? Like it's not as yeah. where yeah. you can which have I an immediate response. Of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I was, I asked in our Facebook group the other day, the people that are in there, I'm like, okay, what episode are you guys even on? Like, (laughs) where are you in this journey? Yeah. yeah. And what's working? What's not working? What do you like? What do you want more of? So it was really fun to have that interaction and people respond. You would know if you ever remembered to go on the Facebook, but no, I'm teasing. Uh, I'm teasing. It was just like, I do. I did the other day. I went on. You did. Totally joking. You guys don't you. understand what it's like to have the most retarded Wi-Fi ever. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's that's not good. It's it's not. That would that would be hard for my life. Social media is very, and that's like is the worst for Wi-Fi. And my kids kind of need it bad right now because of their school. So I kind of yes. Give it up, oh whatever. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I love, I love to oh, hear hearing from people. Yes. People. That's, oh, yeah. oh, the jogger's going back by. Yep. Still wearing nothing. On his way back. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Um, yes, I do. It's so nice when people, we do get a lot of like direct messages or like you said, texts, like friends of mine who will like personally yeah. reach out and that's great. Like, but it's, it's kind of sad because then you don't get to be a part of the conversation or we can't like keep it yeah. like the energy of like somebody else commenting or replying, or if we could have like more live, there's people who do like, you know, like when we do Instagram live, if we scheduled an Instagram live, Maybe we should do that so people know, like, oh, it's going to be on. Yeah, um, yeah. let's schedule. And then maybe people can – yeah, that would be fun because I do, I do, like, miss the, the interaction with people. It sucks. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm talking to myself sometimes. I mean, I'm talking to you, but I feel like we're just – Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, like you said, <laughs> but I'll just <laughs> – it's my therapy session every week. Yeah, weekly. Dude, and it's free. Um, but, <laughs> but I think because I can see how many people have listened that day to that episode yeah. or whatever, it's probably good that you don't, like, stock the numbers like I do. But when I can see how many people, I'm like, ooh, I wonder what they thought. Ooh, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. So... It's fine. Like last week's episode, I asked my friend, I was like, was it too much? Did I sound oh, like, da, da, da. and they were like, oh no, no, she said it was good. good. She's like, she said it made her want to go home and have sex with her husband. Awesome. I was like, good. Spreading that love and like wildfire. I are. know. Um, Jim I says, like, Jim said this morning, he's like, I don't know what to, to make of this new you. It's weird. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Jimbo. um it's our it's it it, like within three days became our most listened to podcast episode so there's a lot of pervs out there yeah (laughs) kind of always have been one well yeah ask my sisters (laughs) (laughs) i always would freak out michaela when she was little Uh, well not little like high school she's always like oh nicole that's so funny um yeah so anyway it it was a good one it resonated but people also love it when they like i i've asked and comparing the numbers like people love the corona episodes of like what's going on and how people are doing how we're doing and like what's how we are experiencing it and what it means to us so that's Mm -hmm. we're gonna keep doing that that's awesome so all of the people who are listening don't forget to Go to Instagram to Nicole Jean Gonzalez or Improperly Forward. Go see us and talk to us. Or and the Everything's Not Fine Pod is also our Instagram mm-hmm. account and community on Facebook. So we're here, just waiting. <laughs> um, no. Got nothing else to do. Um, nope, not a lot. Well, now I have this damn puppy, and that's a lot. But yeah, but the kids are. Now doing I got to keep up my yard work. Yes, you need to keep up. <laughs> got to keep yard. it up. Yeah. Um, today's topic is going to be a fun one. It's, well, I don't know about fun, but it's interesting. It is, April is, well, on the cal- the holidays calendar, it's called Autism Awareness Month, April is, and mm-hmm. um, we choose to call it Autism Acceptance Month in my house because obviously people okay. are aware and now it's just a matter of acceptance. So yeah. um, anyway, 
because it's such a part of our life and because it's something that I think all people should spend a day just thinking about, we thought we'd just talk about it. Plus it's such a part of like our family with Jordan being on the spectrum Mm -hmm. that I refer to it a lot. So we thought it would be good timing to like, just give a rundown of, you know, our story so that people can relate to it or whatever. So, well, and I was, uh, I was around at the very beginning. Yes. And then we had that break and it's so it's like, I have some, yeah, I have some holes in my story about it. And I, you know, yeah, it'll be good. So I want to know too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you want to start like by asking questions or do you want me to start by like telling you go? Well, um, let me ask this first and then maybe it will just spur where you want to go with it. Okay. Um, hold on before you ask, hold on one sec. I want to make sure that we say this. Um, this is personal experience. Every, if, if you have any sort of experience in the world of autism or cognitive disabilities in general, um, you will know that not literally not one single case or person who has experience is like the next person. Like it's, there's a reason it's Mm -hmm. called the spectrum because it is like so vastly different for everyone. And so I'm not a professional. Nicole is not a professional. This is based purely on opinion and personal experience. So um, we just want to make sure that we honor and respect everyone in that way. Like our experience, just like, you know, we've said now numerous times on here, our experience is just ours and not the world at large. So um, yeah. yeah, we just want to make sure that, that that's out there. So, okay. Ask the questions. I'm excited. Okay. So I am wondering when did you, when did you first know or have the thought that something was off? Yeah. Um, I honestly, there was part of me. Or is that, is that the right thing to say when I say something was off? I mean, it doesn't offend me, but nothing, not a whole lot. Okay. Offends me. I will tell you what the, okay. this, this is just going to be a little bit of raw realness here. The only thing that rubs me the wrong way about this like not uh-huh. just this, but in general, the one thing that we have kind of made a point to try to avoid is saying the word retarded. So like just in, oh, gen- yeah. in general. So yeah. um, that is like, but you know, what's funny is like the other day Jordan was like, oh my God, that's so retarded. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, they really don't use that word. And he goes, I can't because I am. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's such a boy thing. And he's like, that's like Eddie because he'll always say like, like, oh, I'm so fat. And I'm like, you are not. He's like, mom, I can say that because I am. Exactly. Oh, these little turkeys. They're such turkeys. So anyway, that we had to have a good conversation about that. But no, I don't. I don't get offended by things because I feel like we're all learning. And no, like saying something was off. Something was off. Like. And this yeah. is because like, I would never say something was wrong. Right. But different and not, not really yes. what was expected. Something wasn't exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when did you know? Um. So I think a little bit always I am like from a few months old, there was something in me and okay. So it's, it's kind of interesting because after like Jordan was born and the economy crashed and which 
I've referenced before was very effective on our life. Um, but so he was born in the middle of the economy crashing, like Jim and I losing our jobs, finding out we had no health insurance, just all kinds of things. So it was Uh a very stressful time anyway. Um, And I had pretty serious postpartum depression with him. So all Uh of that, and then a few months into it, I was like, "Uh, this is weird. Like, this isn't, this isn't how it was with Ellie, but she's a girl, he's a boy, you know, like no two babies are the same. So there, you know, I always just kind of brush that off. Um, And I would say probably he, he was late to a few milestones, um, but not significantly late. Um, You know, maybe three or four months or, you know, like outside of the target window. And then Mm -hmm. except for talking, like he was three and still not really talking sentences or, you know, communicating very clearly. Um, I was working full time. The only time in my kid's life that I've ever worked full time. Um, I was working full time at three. And so he was going to daycare for like 10 hours a day. And Mm -hmm. um he was struggling a lot there, but again, like he's a little boy. He okay. Was, so when you say struggling, what yeah. So struggling in that environment was just not being able to, and these are three-year-olds. So, but not being like Ellie was in an older kid daycare, you know, before and after school or during the summer, she was there all day too. And they would have to call her in to console him. Like, you know, he really missed me, which, you know, is fine. But even after a year, this was still going on or um, just not being able to follow the guidelines of what should have been happening at certain times of day. Like, transitioning, Mm -hmm. like when it was time to go from nap time to carpet time or whatever, like it was always very jarring to him. And I wasn't there. So I don't know, but this is the feedback that I'm getting from preschool teachers. So at that point I was Mm -hmm. like, uh, and, and really I got to where it was like, okay, I just can't be working. Like he just is Mm -hmm. not a kid who can be at daycare. Plus I was barely making more than we were paying in daycare. So a lot of things, that's when I, started having some health issues and different things going on. So we just at that time were like, okay, I'm just going to quit. So we were still living in Moses Lake at the time. Jordan was about four and I quit my job and I opened like a little home daycare. It Things got significantly better because it was all one-on-one with me for a while and before we started having kids. And then um, I had a pretty packed home daycare and I started like realizing a little bit that even the kids that were his same age, like I could see the differences um, just in his abilities. Um, he was much a much better talker at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But just like some sensory things um, was a big thing. But at that point, there, there still wasn't anything glaringly obvious that I can put my finger on. It was just this mm-hmm. gut feeling of, I so don't the, think his pediatrician and his doctor never said nothing, anything. Nothing. Um, wow. I mean, they were they were like, oh, the milestones, you know, he's a little behind, but this he he made fine yeah. eye contact for the most part. Um, he I think he probably was 
pretty significantly ADHD. And so, and I think they probably saw that, but you know, you don't medicate a kid for ADHD at four. So for the most part, so, um, and honestly, we were in a situation, we didn't have health insurance at the time. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I, we went to the pediatrician once a year, like, yeah, well, child. (laughs) Yeah. If, unless my kids were broken or bleeding, like we weren't going to the doctor for something. And I think one of the things that I look back on with almost regret or guilt is that I feel like because of how life was and we were still very stressed in every way, um, you know, after the economy crashed and all of that, like, I don't feel like I was in as in tune. Like, I wonder if I would have been a more less stressed out and more in tune parent, would I have caught on faster? Anyway, I, I wonder if I had been just, you know, more aware if I would have picked up on more signs, but it was just survival at that time. And so what happened, happened, I, I can say that now, but there is always a part of me that is like, man, what did I miss? Like what, what I think too, as a mom, like you're always, you just always want the, you always think the best of your child. Yes. Yes. Like you don't want to be that doomsday negative yeah, criticism, full of criticism mother. You want to be like, it's okay. Like I love him. Like this is who he is and that's yes. okay. And, yeah. You know. As a mom, we're always just trying to think of. Yeah. So, and for me, there were a couple of things. Like, firstly, um, every time I would say like, oh, Jordan does this and I'm not sure about it. Like, to family members or different people, they would be like, oh, it's just the difference between a boy and a girl. I heard that so many times. Oh, he's just a boy. Uh They do things later. They do things different, which is true. Uh But Mm -hmm. In my gut, I knew that wasn't true. But for probably two years, I I let it be true. Like, I was like, well, I'm just overreacting. And um, as a mom, that's one thing that I was really insecure about in the beginning was overreacting to things. And uh-huh. people making me feel like I was overreacting or whatever. And so I... I really shoved a lot of feelings down because I didn't want to be somebody who was just trying to make a problem out of nothing. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I kick myself for, for listening to people who were like, Oh, it's just a boy or, Oh, you're just overreacting. Um, because while that was happening, like from three to five or two to five, off and on, not consistently, but definitely towards the end more and more consistently. Um, I, that was a big feeling, or I would look at other people. I knew people who, whose kids were being diagnosed or, um, by, and by that time, Jordan wasn't making as good of eye contact. Um, he was withdrawing some. So, um, I would look at that and be like, well, their kid just got diagnosed and Jordan does those same things. And, but there was Mm -hmm. a little bit of fear in me that I, I don't think I wanted to know. And or like, oh, we'll we'll be okay. Like, we'll be able to get through it or whatever. So um, Mm -hmm. around five, a couple of things happened. He um, he started kindergarten late. So he was um, just about to turn six when he started kindergarten. But at about five and a half, he broke his femur um, and it required it was 
pretty traumatic. We had a well, we were supposed to be airlifted, but the because in Moses Lake there was no major hospital, so they had to send us to Spokane. Um, mm-hmm. And it, we were supposed to be airlifted because his the where his femur was broken was like a hair away from his femoral artery. So if he moved, he could have nicked his femoral femur, femoral artery and bled out mm-hmm. without us even knowing. So they were going to airlift us, but the the helicopter wasn't running right or weather or something. So then we had to take ambulance to Spokane. Um, and it was just, it was just a traumatic thing for him. Like all of, you know, a little five-year-old who doesn't yeah. totally understand yeah. what's going on. Um, and then he had to have two surgeries for that. The first surgery, putting a rod in and then three months later, taking a rod out. Um, and they say, and this is where my medical knowledge doesn't come in, but I can say from my experience, I did see, um, after being under sedation, some of the things get more intense. And so there are some people who believe that if the brain, you know, if the cognitive abilities, um, are interrupted for deep sedation for surgery and things like that, or general anesthesia, that it can make the effects more, or it can kind of for a while kind of give you sleepy brain type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that happened. And, and I don't, like I said, I don't, I can't say what the facts or the science are behind it. I just know that that's what we experienced with him. So uh, then he started kindergarten and I think we were like two weeks in for kindergarten and the kindergarten teacher was like, so we have some things we need to discuss. Like, you know, they can't say your kid has such and such, but they can recommend testing, which they did right off the bat. I think she was mostly looking at testing for ADHD, um, which Jordan has very serious ADHD. Both my kids do, but Mm -hmm. Jordan has very serious ADHD. Um, But they... Through all of the testing, we, from school, um, somehow we were, it was recommended to us through our pediatrician and the school psychologist that Jordan start occupational therapy, um, just to kind of help regulate. And they thought that he might have sensory processing disorder, um, which SPD is just your body, your brain takes in stimuli differently. So either you're incredibly sensitive to stimuli, like people who have a hard time eating certain types of foods or textures or things like that. Um, and, and the, or there are people who your, your brain like seeks out stimulation constantly. So they Mm -hmm. thought it would be good for Jordan to get tested for SPD. And so we, we went and did that at occupational therapy and yes, he had a good amount of sensory issues. Um, he's a seeker. So that means the more you crash into him, you know, wrestling, rough play. Um, Mm -hmm. we talked before a little bit about his oral stimulation. Like he likes to crunch on things or chew on things and, you know, all of that. So we learned all of that first that Jordan had sensory processing disorder and ADHD. And then um, he went to weekly or even a couple of times a week occupational therapy, all of kindergarten and first grade. And at some point, a few months into OT, his occupational therapist said, hey, have you ever considered having him tested for Asperger's? And which 
Asperger's isn't a term that's used anymore. It's just part of the autism spectrum, at least scientifically. But Asperger's is basically somewhere on the autism spectrum. Uh Um, So we, you know, at the time I was so just so overwhelmed with everything. I, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to fix him. Like, I was like, tell me, tell me everything there is to know. So I know how to fix him. And, um, so they didn't, they did an Asperger's evaluation, which he did test, um, you know, during that they were like, yeah, he's definitely there. Uh, I think it was like later on that year, the next year where they stopped diagnosing as Asperger's and they just called it all autism. So, Mm -hmm. um, but so yeah, that confirmed for us then that he had Asperger's, um, which basically, so everybody that has sensory processing disorder does not have, is not on the autism spectrum. Most people, like a vast majority of people who are on the spectrum do have some kind of sensory processing disorder. So that, that's kind of, I guess, where that connection came in or whatever. So, um, do you have any questions so far? I'm just rambling. No, no, it's okay. So um, I kind of want to know if, how did Jim take it at first? Is that something yeah. that he would feel oh, comfortable totally. with you? Totally. Because I know um, for dads, mm-hmm. especially with their sons, yeah. like that's a hard thing yes. to admit. Yeah. Like when something's not, you know, because yeah. I think dads... Like their son is their, you know, mm-hmm. their mini me. Like, yeah, it's you know, that go? it's interesting. Jim is not that type of person as far as like, and maybe that's changed. Maybe I don't remember how it was before this of him like having anticipation of Jordan being his mini me or like my son. Like he okay. never, he was far more excited about having a daughter than he was a son. Like, and that's not to say he doesn't uh-huh. love having a son. Always, but like yeah. he's just a mush ball. So the idea of having a little princess. Maybe he grew up with all the brothers. Probably. I'm sure that has that been. That he was like looking yeah. forward to a yeah. girl. Plus he's yeah. just a teddy bear. So I think that just that sensitive yeah. side of him. I don't know. I mean, he loves having a son. But. Yeah. Um. So anyway, when we first started this, um, even the the kindergarten teacher recommending him for evaluation, Jim was pissed. He was like, no. And he was one of the people who made me feel like I was overreacting. And um, Mm -hmm. part of that is growing up, that was not something that um, was acceptable in in their home. Mm -hmm. And so for Jim, and Jim had significant learning disabilities as a child. Um, He, when we first started this, there was, there was no way that he wanted to do. He's like, you explore whatever you need to explore, do what you need to do. I don't want to be involved in this. Um, it, Did it come between you guys? Um, yes. <laughs> For mm-hmm. a while, I was like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, and it yeah. only took maybe a month for him to start seeing what was happening and finding out information. And he was like, oh my God. And then he was broken for quite some, like yeah. just heartbroken, not heartbroken. Like, oh, our son has this, you know, problem or disability or whatever, but heartbroken. Like, I can't believe I, I didn't want to 
to try yeah. to go down this road for my kid, you know, like my fears or my, and, and it was more just an, like it was, well, I mean, when, when we farted, start, first started having evaluations, um, my mother-in-law was like, don't you let them put a label on him. Like, don't you do that? And which yeah. is a very, very, very common belief amongst their generation. That's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not at all upset about that, but like all the people of her age um, who were who I was getting my advice from for all of those years were like, oh God, don't, don't test him. Mm-hmm. Don't you let them test him. Don't let them put a label on him. And that was Jim's yeah. perspective was yeah. like, we can't, we have to protect him from this. And then all of a sudden, I just remember Jim weeping time and time again of realizing what we were doing for Jordan um, that he never got, you know, during school, like the things that were the foundation or the things that were put in place for him that Jim can look back and know if that would have happened for me, how much more, how much easier would my life have been? And, um, and, and just just a lot. There was a lot of emotional processing. God, I'd forgotten all about this, but there was a lot in the beginning. So, so to answer your question in the beginning, very resistant. Um, but it didn't take long for him to come around. And then, uh, halfway through first grade, we decided to medicate Jordan for ADHD. And both of us within those first two days felt like we met our son for the first time. Like, there was just something that, and medication's not for everyone. And I would never, I yes. would never yeah. you know, put that on anyone, but we just, it was a year and a half of OT. And um, we just felt like we had exhausted that. And it, you know, it had helped as much as it possibly could. And it was wonderful, but it just wasn't enough. And Jordan was a, was a, they call him a eloper. Like he would just be in the middle of class <laughs> And it would be story time and he would just get up and walk out and be, you know, mm-hmm. in the parking lot or, you know, before, cause his building, like his elementary school at the time was, you know, there was an outside door. There was, it wasn't like a big building where people, you know, all of the classrooms were yeah. conjoined. It was an outside door to every classroom. And so he would yeah. be gone. And so um, when, when we were worried about his safety, that's when I started really thinking, well, maybe we do need to look into medication because that, that was, there was still that stigma there of don't label him, don't medicate him, don't drug him. He'll be a zombie, you know, all of that. And so I was, I was fighting. Like I, I didn't want to do that. I, I thought those were wrong things to do. And I fought it until I got to the point where every time along the way, it was like, my kid's more important. I, I have to do what's best for my kid. I can't care about this. And my heart is telling me this is the next step. And so for me, the day I said, I don't care if it ends in divorce, I'm medicating him or we're at least Mm -hmm. trying it. Jordan came to me and said, and he was always in trouble. He was at school. He was always in trouble at home. He was always in trouble for whatever he got in trouble for at school. Um, Mm -hmm. And he came to me one day and he said, I don't want to be alive anymore. And this is as a first grader. I don't want to be alive anymore. And he had said that a lot. I wish I was just dead. I just wish I could die. And 
you know, we worked through it. But the day he came and said, I don't want to be alive anymore. I'm going to take the garbage bag and tie it over my head so I can die. I, that, that was it for me. Something switched in me and there was nothing that anyone was ever going to say or do to get in the way of me doing what was best for my child. And if that meant losing my husband, my, I didn't care. Like it was one thing to hear him say, and you know, their kids, kids can get in a desperate place of being frustrated and just be like, Oh, I just wish I was dead. You know, that that's one thing. But when he came to me and told me how he imagined as a six or seven year old, making himself not have to live with the struggles anymore. Yeah. Because he was old enough to know. Yeah. Like how he was feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't like it. Yeah. So, and, and that is more the ADHD side of things like the medicating and stuff, but they go hand in hand. Like I can't separate out in my son, what's ADHD, what's autism, what's anxiety, what's, sensory processing. Those are the Mm -hmm. four things that affect his life every day, every minute. And I can't separate out which one is which. And, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, that's just who he is. Like, Mm -hmm. so um, I know that the medication helped everything except for anxiety. And then it made anxiety worse. So, you know, like there's, which you, at some point it's like you're choosing, what's doing, you know, you have to outweigh the harm and the good. And so the, the good far outweighs, you know, we, we find other ways to deal with the anxiety. So, you know, it's, it's worth it, but, um, yeah, I totally went off on a tangent about Jim, but I think that's, that was kind of the process. And, and once that happened with Jim and we did start medication, I think that was when, you know, when I talk about him looking and being like, oh my God, what, why did we wait so long? And, and feeling yeah. that guilt. And I mean, and when he, Jordan was young, we were still spank, you know, Jim, I don't, I'm not a spanker, but Jim would spank him and I was fine with it. Yeah. You know, like it was like, uh-huh. that's, we hadn't, we just didn't know. We didn't know what to do to like get through to this kid who yeah. would, go out the like we had a neighbor who had a car parked on the side of our road, you know, like kind of, a, we lived on a corner and the neighbor's car was parked around the corner and the guy never drove it. Well, my kid would just walk out the front door at five years old and go hop in that guy's car and play in there for an hour or, you know, just things that seem like, Oh, no big deal. You know, like, Oh, silly kids yeah. or whatever. But it was, there was just some, I, I can't even put it into words like things that just one little isolated incident here and there would be like, oh my gosh. But it was like, that was everything. You know, there was just a, there was always something that was like, oh my gosh, this kid or oh my gosh, you know, and uh-huh, uh-huh. like it to the point that it was. Did he, how was he at the beginning um, developing friends? Um, he's, I mean, he's, a, he has like this wonderful big personality. Yeah. And yeah. so, which is his saving grace. Like, I feel like his best gift and his teachers have said over the years, like 
he's such a kind and sweet person. And okay. that keeps him out of a lot of trouble <laughs> because yeah. like, yeah. no matter what, he's genuinely kind and sweet and caring and he's an extrovert. And so he's always done really great at making friends, um, mm-hmm. especially the younger years. Like now we're in a little bit different place because mm-hmm. his maturity is a little bit less, like his mental maturity is a little bit less than his peers. Um, uh-huh. But as a kid, you know, they're all, kids are kids. So, um, yeah, yeah, he, he would make friends really fast and easy, but his personality latches on and hyper fixates on one thing. And so if it happened to be that friend at that time, like it's almost like an obsessive compulsive thing. And so he would just uh-huh. really quickly overwhelm that kid. And like, uh-huh. as a child, he knew no personal space, no personal boundaries, um, just latch on physically, mentally, emotionally, and suck the life out of someone yeah. really quick. And so uh-huh. that, which seems so opposite of what you would imagine autism to be, but that's just his, you know, that's, that's his version of it. So um, mm-hmm. f- friends, f- friends weren't difficult in the younger years. I, I'd say friends are a little more difficult now. Like, He's when it, as it's become more obvious what social norms are, and he doesn't pick up on the signs of social normalcy, then or like if someone's irritated with him or or annoyed with him or whatever, he doesn't pick up on it. So he's still full speed ahead. Okay, that was that was kind of my next question. Like, does yeah. he? And we. When, how old was he when he realized like that he wasn't? Uh-huh. Like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say third grade, we started really talking about it. Um, uh-huh. So when in third grade, when we felt like he could, he knew they had to take medication and that not every kid had to make, take medication. And we started uh-huh. saying like, your brain just runs at a different speed than everybody else's. Like sometimes your engine yeah. runs really fast and sometimes, you know, another part of your engine runs really slow. And so, you know, everybody has different engines and, and yours just uh-huh. runs at a different speed. So that was probably third grade or prior to third grade, but third grade, we really started talking about Asperger's. Which I think would be an awesome conversation for parents like me to have with our children. Yes. Because at, at school, the kids know. Yes. Like they know when one of their classmates has to get up and go to the nurse yes. to take their medicine. Yes. They know. Kids know. Yeah. And sometimes like, you know, kids pick up when their peers struggle with certain situations. Yeah. And, you know, that would be a good conversation for us to have with our younger kids about like, look, this is what's going on with your friend. Yeah. And it, it kind of helps them develop sympathy and empathy. Yes. You know, to understand that like, you know, it's it, like I try and explain to my kids about um, mental health, mm-hmm. that it's no different than if your friend had cancer. Right. Or leukemia. Yeah. Or a cold and had to go or an infection and had to go to the nurse to take their medicine for their body. It's no different than if your friend needs to go to the nurse to take some medicine for their brain. Yeah. 
Like it's different. Exactly. I think, you know, those are good conversations, I think, for us as parents to have Yeah, with our kids Absolutely. about their friends yeah. and about their classmates. And yeah, I, that's one thing that I've, I've asked both of my kids over the years is like, what do you wish could be different at, at school? You know, like, what do you wish could be different about this? Mm-hmm. And Jordan especially is, has always said, I wish kids just knew that I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like I'm weird and I'm different, not because I'm a freak, but because I just have this and that's just how my body works or my brain works. Like, I wish people yeah. knew that I wasn't this weird just because I want to be. And yeah, yeah. it's not fault. Yeah. And I wish people understand what my weirdnesses are. Like what, when you see me, like, you know, he has to wear, um, his headphones in between class, like in middle school, when they switch classes, walking through the hallway um, from one period to the next is incredibly overwhelming, especially at the first part of the year when he's still learning his way and all that. As the year goes on and he gets more comfortable, he doesn't even find that he needs to wear his headphones anymore. But those first couple of months of the school year, um, he always had his headphones on in between classes and stuff. Well, the school rule is kids can't wear headphones, you know, during school. And so he, like, kids would always give him a hard time of like, oh, you don't have to follow the rules or you're going to get in trouble or, you know, whatever. And just tiny little things like that that seem so insignificant makes his anxiety, like, through the roof. And so, um, and so those are the types of things where he's like, I just wish people knew. Like, and I think that has made me be more aware of, even our finite inconsequential judgments that we place on one another, um, how much they can affect a person, you know, even if it's, it's, even if it's nothing like just our not being a more accepting culture of just all kinds of differences affects people in the most silly insignificant ways. Um, but they can, when piled up, they really can affect somebody who especially already knows that they're different or, you know. Yeah. And our kids hear us. Oh, they hear us. They learn from us, from what we are saying about others and they pick up. Yeah. Like they are learning from our example of acceptance of people. Yeah. I'll never forget one time we got into a an elevator and Quaid was probably probably five, four or five, and there was a man in the elevator that had um, a prosthetic leg mm-hmm. and he was wearing shorts. And like right away, <laughs> Larry and I both like held our breath, like, what's he gonna say? <laughs> because Olivia just always kind of knew. Yes. Her personality is like she'll think it and then she might mention it to me like a couple days later, yeah. but she just always has known yes. like what she can and can't say in public and not Quaid. Yeah. Like that whole like filter. So <laughs> we were all, we both kind of looked at each other like, <laughs> oh God. And he looks at him and he goes, what happened to your leg? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh God. Like, cause you just never know. Yes. Yeah. Well, the man you know, he kind of looked at him and said, you know what? I was born without a leg, uh-huh. but check out this awesome robot leg oh, they made. Oh, that's me. so awesome. 
And from that day on, like we always talk about like robot legs and robot arms. Mm -hmm. And my kids think it's the most awesome thing ever. But, you know, that's, that's just one more thing. Like, you know, like, and I'm glad that Quaid was able, didn't like hold it in and wonder, you know. Right. Well, and I think that he also like, no, go ahead. I think that is something that every, I mean, at least 95% of the people that I know of who are differently abled in any way, shape or form would say, I want kids to ask me. I want people to yeah. ask me, like, yeah. how does this, you know, what happened or how does this affect your life or what's, why do you uh-huh. do this? Or because yeah. that's just part of who they are. They're not ashamed of it. The, uh-huh. It's other people being weird and ashamed of it for them. That, yes. that is the hurtful thing. And so yeah. For and and I think that's what I was even saying with Jordan. Like he just wishes people would ask or would want to know. Like why do you do mm-hmm. these things? Like don't judge me for it. Just ask me why. I want to tell you my story. Yeah. I want to tell you. Yeah. So yeah, but that's awesome. Like that that was your experience at an early age, so that you could help your kids from an early stance feel comfortable talking about people. You know, or talking to people about yeah. themselves or, I mean, yeah. they're not always going to be comfortable. There's, it's weird. It's weird to see somebody with one arm. It's, it's not, it's not typical. And so, yeah, you know, kids are always going to have. It's shocking for kids. Yes. Because especially, especially living in my little world here, yeah. Yeah. we don't see a lot of differences. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we're trying, we're yeah. trying to. Yeah. Well, I, Yeah. Anyway, do you have any other questions? No, I just, um, you know, how is it now that he's in junior high when it comes to sports? Yeah. When it comes to, yeah, um, you know, is is girls even in the picture? (laughs) It's also weird. It's also weird because. He's, is he doing OT still? No. Or is he figured He hasn't out? done OT since he was little. Um, probably second or third grade was the end of it for us. Um, I just spilled my drink. Um, because they felt like they had gotten to a point where they had helped him. And they have said, you know, at the time, if you ever feel like there's – you know, there's regression or there's new things that he doesn't know how to have tools for because OT was just giving him tools mm-hmm. for how to handle things that there, there's no cure, you know, it's just giving you tools yeah, yeah. of how to move forward. So they always said we could, you know, come back and, and they would start new things if we had questions. But the biggest thing that OT did was teach us who he is and what he needs. And then I was able to find like, Part of the biggest thing that OT provided for him was he needed um, that physical stimulation of like literally like crashing and wrestling and being held really tight and all of that. And so um, we realized, oh, that he can do football. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. as, a, as a second grader, we are, yeah, second or third grade, we put him in tackle football, like not because, I mean, yes, my husband's a football fanatic and he loves coaching and being a part of that world, but he wasn't at the time, but we were like, Oh, this is perfect. Like this will provide so much of that for him Uh and Uh immediately saw 
Like he started learning better. He started being able to be more focused because his had that outlet. Yeah. And so for years, football was, and he's a big kid and he's a strong kid. So it built his confidence like nothing else ever had. Like on the football field, as a fourth grader, he felt like a superstar. And so um, that was awesome. He, in sixth grade, he had a horrific abusive coach and it almost destroyed his love for football. Um, Uh And his anxiety ramped up to like, from a daily two to a daily six or seven. And so um, he also like that really started to affect his love for that sport. Um, Uh But it's something that we've never allowed him to quit. And um, I think people would, I mean, he has quit certain seasons or like we realize Mm -hmm. this is not fruitful right now. It is not the time for this. Mm -hmm. Um, But He's never like he knows he's going to start every season and he's going to give it his best and he's going to overcome and he's going to learn because we're not going to let anxiety win. And yeah, um, that is very difficult. Like, but every year he gets stronger. Every season he overcomes something like we're way further down the road than we expected to be. And like going into like right now, he would be playing middle school football, but he would also be like getting ready to start high school, like spring clinics and get to like, get an idea of what high school football would be like. And Mm -hmm. he is so bummed that that's not happening, which is huge. So anyway, long answer, like there's some things we, we force him. And because of my husband, because I would not be this person, I would baby him to death. And we live with a lot of things right now that are because I babied him too much and didn't push him hard enough. And we're having to really deal with some things that were huge mess ups on my part, but I was doing the best that I knew, you know, but um, anyway, Jim has always been like, no, he's going to do what, for lack of a better term, normal kids do in normal kid ways. And he's going to overcome like, and, and there's Do his best. Yes. Whatever that is. Overcome mm-hmm. whatever it is that, and usually it's just, we just want him to overcome the mental hurdle of I can't, or I'm not good enough, or I suck or, um, you know, whatever. And that especially Jim is like, Nope, we're not going to lay down for that. You're going to experience this so that you can prove to yourself that those things aren't true. Where I and more like, oh, my baby, I can't believe that makes you feel that way. Like, come here, let me just take care of you. And yeah, yeah. Um, that's been a, a really hard transition for me. I'm mama bear and I'm his advocate. And so um, I really struggle with with challenging him. And so it's it, it has caused its fair share of strife in our marriage, especially this last year, like not our marriage strife, but like day to day struggle, of, yeah. you know, just finding that middle ground of not putting him in a place that it's more than he can handle and it will shut him down, but giving uh-huh. him just enough of a challenge to overcome and build his confidence and move on to the next thing. And so, yeah. 
Um, I would say that's probably the most challenging thing in our life is right now finding that place for both of our kids in different ways, but especially for him, like, um, that's what the teenage years and adolescence has brought to autism and ADHD is been like, how do we help this young, like this boy become a young man and still be able to live? And every parent, you know, every parent is, is going through that during this season. Um, it's just a lot more like twisty, turny, no idea. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. So, and especially like you said, autism is such a huge, has such a huge spectrum. Yeah. Like there's no cookie cutter answer. Yeah. Yeah. And in our world, like people look in and say, oh, I never even would have known that he's like, I never would have known he's on the spectrum. People, once they know him, like once they've seen him for more than like three or four times, they're like, oh, I I do see, you know, like people who are close enough to say that will be like, oh, yeah, I I do see some of what that is. But the first couple of times you meet him and see him, you're you would never know that. But that's not because it's because he's worked so hard and we've worked so hard. Like it's, it's not because it's not a difficult thing that he experiences. It's because he's done hard work to get here. So, and I think that's true of autism in any way, no matter it's the spectrum isn't like, well, it is to an extent, like how seriously the brain is affected, obviously. But the uh-huh. spectrum is also like, how hard does that person have to work to fit into yeah. our world? You know, like. Yeah. Well, I I have, have some friends and even some family members who have um, children, have kids who have autism. And when I see, like even on social media, when they post about um, a celebration of any kind, mm-hmm. a milestone that they met. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I like, I want to do everything I can to celebrate with them because I know how much work yeah. that took. Yeah. Like as a mom of a child who um, isn't on the spectrum, we're so proud when they learn to read. Yes. Right. Right. But for, for a child with special needs and for you as a mom to put that up and to celebrate that, like, I just want to reach through my phone and hug you because (laughs) I know the time and the tears and the effort and the, I mean, I know, I just know how much time it took you. And even that, you know, that kid to just, it's hard work. Like just the simple things that we all take for granted. Yeah. It's true. Like, I don't know if you ever knew Wesley when he didn't, he did not say one word until he was about three and a half. Uh-huh. He didn't talk. And, uh, you know, we finally um, took him to speech. He did speech therapy uh-huh. and it only took for about four months of speech therapy. And they gave me tools that I could, but I mean, when he started saying those words, it was like, Oh my God, it was Christmas. Yes. I mean, yes. It, it, and even like the people around me in my circle and my family, like we just would videotape and cry. Oh, and because yes. you know, we knew for three and a half years, just the prayer. 
I mean, I just, I remember rocking him and just crying and just like, what is it, God? You know, like what, you know, because everyone, all the doctors were saying nothing's wrong with him. You know, they tested him. They tested him for his ears and his, you know, but it was like, I just know, I know as a parent and as a mom, like how hard you work Yeah, and you should be celebrated too, you know, for those milestones and. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, parenting is hard work for everyone, you know, and I'm not special. I just, (laughs) it just work harder. I mean, it's facts. I don't, there's, I, I'm not the type of person that is going to like beat around the bush about it. Like I work, I, I work harder than the average mom, like things the everyday things take more thought, more work to be successful than the average mom, but that's okay. Like, it's not, I'm not a victim to that. It's, it's something that we committed to. And, and here's what we get out of it. And the thing that Jim and I say over and over and over and have for years is I would not be not only the parent that I am, but the person that I am, if we hadn't have had to figure this part of life out, like it changed Mm -hmm to our core is, I don't know who I would be without it. Like, I don't know, but I have watched my husband change his patience, his empathy, his sensitivity. All of that has grown exponentially from the day he became a dad to where we are now. Like he doesn't even look like the same person in some ways to me. And and for the good, like it's, it's incredible. And yes, he still gets frustrated and wants to wring their necks and all of the things that a normal parent is, you know, on, on the daily basis, but it's, there's just a difference. And, you know, people, this, especially during like autism awareness or acceptance or whatever people, even amongst the autism community, there are a lot of, there's like, two sides to the same coin. There are people who are like, oh, we should be pushing for a cure and oh, we should be pushing for like, there's nothing to cure. This isn't, you know, why would we want to cure this? It's, it's a gift like to, to, and, and people who aren't, who, whose lives are, you know, there are, there are people who are autistic who um, will never be potty trained, who are nonverbal, who are, you know, cannot function on their own in any way. And I'm sorry, but I do want to cure. I do want to cure for yeah. that. I don't like, I, and, and this is, it's a very controversial in the autism community for me to say that is, or for, or for people to think otherwise, like there are two very strong stances either way. And I love my son and I accept him for exactly who he is. And I am proud of him and happy that he has this thing that helps him work hard and, and learn how to overcome adversity in life and all of those things. And, and there are some parts of it that do make him special and unique and wonderful where the average person wouldn't have. But do I want him to live with this? I don't. I, I wish that autism wasn't a thing. I wish that there was a cure that would make it go away and that he could just have the regular everyday struggles. And yeah. 
And, and that's offensive to some people and some people hate that, but that's as a mom, I'm sorry, but I don't want my kids to experience anything hard. So yeah, I definitely don't want them to experience this. Um, but that's not an option. And so that is why I say, um, heck yeah, we're aware of it. But more than that, I want the world to be accepting of it. I want, mm-hmm. I want the Quades and the Eddies, you know, when they have a classmate who is weird to, <laughs> to be accepting of that weird kid and to not yeah. call him the retard or, and the other mm-hmm. thing is that, you know, like when retarded, you know, became like when, when teachers and parents started telling their kids, oh, you can't say that word. Then they just started calling people autistic. Like, oh, you're so autistic. You're so dumb. Like, yeah. Okay. So kids are always going to say shit, you know, like they're just dumb kids. Yeah. They're, they're mean, cruel, dumb, you know, that's just what they are. Yeah. And at times, even the best kid does something stupid or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but So now, like I was saying, now it's instead of saying, calling a kid a retard or whatever, they just like, oh, you're so autistic. I lose my shit. You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, changing the word doesn't change the fact that you're a little shit. But yeah, I know and love plenty of little shits who call my son names or who, you know, what call other kid names, kids names or whatever, because that's what dumb kids do. So it's not a matter of them just being evil, hateful people. It's just a matter of Mm -hmm. us teaching our kids to accept difference. Like it, we all look different. Well, yes. And be kind, but yeah. In spite of, yeah. Yeah. Accepting people is, I think it's so hard for our kids because they don't see it modeled. You know, we're, you're, exce- you're expecting your kid to accept the weird kid, but then you're at home judging their mom or you're saying bad things about, you know, or yeah. you're watching the news talking about the stupid Democrats or the dumb Republicans or, you know, calling them names or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So your kid's doing the exact same thing just in yeah. their world. They're calling the dumb, yeah. you know, they're that's exactly calling true. each other dumb yeah. names because that they hear you on your adult level do it. So, yeah, that's my that's a whole soapbox. But if I could change anything, it would just be that the cruelty, you know, just wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um. But we're for. I mean, I feel like we're fortunate that it's you know Jordan. He even though even though he's a weird kid or whatever, like people know, like he's, he doesn't hide it. He'll tell people, Oh, I have Asperger's, you know, like I, yeah. Or I'm autistic. Like, and he'll make jokes, you know, which I know aren't actual, like it's his way of, <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, his way of dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, but he does have friends and he does try to have girlfriends, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, any 14-year-old boys that are good at having girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but eighth grade boy is going to be good with girls. None. None. So, I mean, yeah. for for everyday life, Jordan is an everyday kid. But it's just, you know, 
on test days where it's he's been mentally exhausted, he gets I have to pick him up from school early and he gets in the car and he sobs like a three year old because his brain had to work so hard and it's so overwhelmed that yeah. he can't take it anymore, you know, or he gets in the car and yells at me yeah. or, you know, which I've learned there's there's a sassy attitude 14 year old little shit and then there's the kid that gets in the car that has to yell at me to get all of his frustration because his brain doesn't know how to do it any other way um yeah and so the dance is learning the difference and i think every you know we've you and i've talked before about like even having kids who have add or whatever like what if this is behavior and just being a little yeah. shit and what if this is like that their brain doesn't get this or, you know, their yeah. brain is having a hard yeah. time. And I think that's, it's that way in every, you know, struggle with yeah. either a cognitive thing or a mental health thing. Like there's a, there's a dance and a fine line of like, what if this is just. Well, there's been times <laughs> where I picked up Eddie from school and I can tell I can tell in the car on the way home, like what kind of day he had. Oh yeah. He just, you know, and I, and I, sometimes I have to go like, okay, come here. Yeah. And I got to ask him like, did something happen today? Yeah. Like it's such a gift that we have that we get that time with our kids and being a stay at home mom yeah. isn't for everybody, but there are so many things with my kids that I wouldn't have or they wouldn't have if I didn't have the ability to be there and read the signs. Um, yeah. Like it's, you know, it's not typical for a mom who who has a 14 and a 16 year old to still be a stay at home mom. I mean, you know, most people go back to work when their kids are established in school or whatever. If you're a career person, that would I mean, we've tried. We've tried yeah. a couple of times. And because I am a type A person, like career would be easier for me than stay at home mom is for me, you uh -huh. know? Uh -huh. um, but that, that just can't work for us. Like my kids yeah. are require so much more than what I could give them if I were working and, and that's a sacrifice. Like it was a financial sacrifice for us, but it's a emotional and mental sacrifice for me because I would love, you know, if I didn't have to tear myself away mentally from them, I would love to be a career woman, but yeah. anyway. And to see, and to see people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to go out to lunches. Yeah, all, all you working moms, you have a little taste of our world these days. <laughs> oh, yes. But, oh, and I, yeah, I can't even imagine people who are trying to work from home and be parents right now. No, me neither. Oh. Yeah, well, this was a lot of me talking today, but, and it's, there's okay, it's good. so much more in the world of, like, special needs that we didn't even begin to touch on, even in my own family. Not to mention, yeah. like there, like we said, every different issue of special needs is vastly different than the other. But I mean, this is just a yeah. little bit of it. But I, so Jim was like, well, if you, when you're talking about this, what is the one bit of advice that you would give to people, um, you know, uh -huh. on this show? 
And I think that would be to, even from the youngest age, to trust your gut. Like there is, if you're looking at your kid and you're like, ah, this is weird to me, or maybe this isn't, you know, whatever. And every mom goes through times of like, oh my God, is my kid normal? You know, like we all go through that. But if it's more than that, if there's like a naggy, I wonder, there's no harm in asking a doctor or asking for an evaluation. And sometimes you have to ask for a second opinion or a third opinion. But if that nagging feeling doesn't go away, then you keep pushing for answers because that's a mom's intuition. Like that's a mom's, that's what we do. And I'm sure that there are dads who have it, or I'm not trying to be sexist or whatever, but there's a gift to me as a mother that I feel what my kids feel. I see their struggle. And if it doesn't sit right with me, I'm not going to give up until there's an answer. Somehow that is, makes me feel a little bit of peace. Like I'm just, that's just who I am. And maybe that doesn't work for some people, but the hardest thing for me was, oh, I think Jordan was probably in sixth grade and a psychiatrist that I finally connected with because the medical journey for us has been very hard, but a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. that I finally felt like was shooting straight and not just an idiot looked at me and he goes, um, you need to be okay with the fact that your son is never going to be like the picture of success that you thought he was going to be. You need to let all of your expectations of who he is as an adult go and just Mm -hmm. let him grow into being who that person is. And it was like, I mean, part of it crushed me, but part of it was a relief. And someone gave you that permission. Yes. Yeah. So um, that would be my, those would be my two things of like, keep pushing for answers if you feel like you need them. And once you get there, let your expectations go and, and discover who this person is going to be in their world, in their terms. So do you have advice or thoughts for parents who are typical kids who like, of what you, I mean, you talked about, obviously your kids, like talking to Uh them about being accepting or whatever, but Mm -hmm. is there something that you feel like you make sure your kids are aware of or, or after today want to make sure you feel like your kids are operating or, you know, advice for typical parents of how to interact with this world? Um, It's so hard because you never know. You never know. Like you said, there's always different, there will always be different kids in your kids, in your own kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not cookie cutter. So like, I can't tell. It's hard to teach your own children like what to I mean, I guess I just have to do it in a general way and just be accepting be yeah. accepting of differences because that, th- I mean, it's, it's hard for me to put into words what I'm trying to say. You can't. Okay. So like if someone is, um, deaf, 
Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy to explain to right, your kids. Right. If someone is blind, that's pretty easy to explain to your kids. If someone is um, has any other like disability, that's easier to teach your child yeah. or to explain to them. But autism is just so broad yeah. that instead of trying to put it into a box, just teach your children to be accepting. Yeah. I mean, really... Of anything, of any differences. Yeah. If the if your friend or your classmate or the person even that you see at the store is different than you. Yeah. In any way. It's okay. Yeah. And that that's the way God made them. Yeah. Isn't that like I try and explain to them, like, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Because like, you know, in 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 Wesley's world, you know, that all the differences are new to him. And so it's like, I always try and say like, isn't that awesome Mm -hmm. that God made them different? (laughs) You know, like trying to make it a cool thing that like our world is, is the way that it is because God chose to make everybody different. Yeah. And that's why, that's why it's a beautiful world. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think the thing that I would encourage you to go along with that is just, Uh empathy like it hand in hand isn't it awesome that God made us different and that you know that they that it takes all types to make the world go around but gosh Mm -hmm. it might be extra challenging for them and so you know and yeah and that's part of the kindness but rather than just and this isn't just for you but really just even came to mind of rather than just saying their difference. Yeah. Their difference is okay. And let's accept them, but also let's know that that might make their life a little bit harder or a little bit, you know, and let's love them and encourage them even more because. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I need it. Yeah. (laughs) If I could, if I could look at my kid's life and say that there's one thing that I wish they had more of, it would be people, um, caring enough about them to realize that it is a little bit harder, you know, and, and wanting to encourage them or just be a good friend to them. But the problem is, is that kids are selfish, you know, like that's just who they are, especially as teenagers. It's, it's so self-consumed. And so that's a hard thing to do as, as a adolescent or a teenager, but empathy is, is tough at this age, but I just, I do hope that in a perfect world that would be growing all the time. So yeah. Teach your kids some damn empathy. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, I think as adults we need it. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, so much. So this is your, your kids are going to burn down your house again. You're Olivia is probably going to be like, I'm going to kill my mother if she doesn't get home. She, well, I always threaten them. Do not text me. Do not call me. I will not answer. <laughs> Larry gets off at three, three ish. Uh-huh. So, oh, that's, so he's probably home to lay the snack yeah, down. He's pro- he has pro- yeah. He's probably done the text. Or be like, where is your mother? <laughs> No, he knows too. They know. Like when I'm recording, like Aww. they book me every other time in my life, but right. they know like if she's recording, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Dude, I've got to take a picture of myself and send it to you. Are you sweaty? I'm literally, it's dripping down my cleavage. 
you roll down the window? Because there's too much traffic. You guys will hear it. Oh, who cares? I'm going to take a picture. Literally, I'm having a little sauna session. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go home and I've lost four pounds. Well, yeah, sure. I'll take it. (laughs) I had to take off my sunglasses because they were fogging from my sweat. Oh, my God, Nicole. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture. Yeah, dripping, dripping. Put it down. on the Instagram and let everyone see. <laughs> I would love to know the degrees in my car right now. Oh, it's scaring <laughs> me. Last week I had to pee. Now I'm going <laughs> to sweat, sweat all my impurities out. It's good. It's, well, you're doing that cleanse. So it's perfect. I am. It's good. I know. <laughs> I'm not complaining at all. Okay, you guys, one final quick thought. If you've made it this far, you are a trooper. And um, I appreciate you being along for this ride today. Uh, if, if you have questions about autism or special needs or just anything, I'm always a phone call or a text or an email or a DM away. And um, I mean, I have resources. I have, I've read every possible thing I can read. And in this subject anyway, and I'm happy to share anything that I know with you or point you in a direction that I may have researched. And like I said, I don't even begin to know everything, but I do know a lot of good places to search for answers. So um, thank you for listening today and caring enough to want to hear about um, this part of our lives. And um, I really appreciate having you guys so long for the ride.